name is Joseph and I'd like to welcome you to the Jesus Cast with Joseph M. This show is dedicated at teaching you the word of God to its fullest and increasing your faith and helping you find opportunities to serve the Lord. May you enjoy the sermon. Hebrews 11 from verse 1 to verse 6 reads as follows. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Amen. Heavenly Father, this is your word. Speak to us through it. In Jesus' name, amen. I am excited about today's message, and I hope that you are as excited about it as I am as you listen to it. I hope that it fulfills its purpose in your life and that, you know, because it's a faith message, that it actually grows your faith. It actually makes you understand and believe in God more and trust him. Trust that whatever that you say, whatever that you speak, he can bring to life. In the book of Hebrews 11, as we have just read, we realize that from the first verse, what the writer is doing here is to introduce us to faith, to highlight what faith is. And in him saying what faith is, he is making us aware of whether we are faithful or not. He is trying to show us what true faith is and how God commends those who actually show it. As he continues from verse 3 to verse 5, he gives examples in terms of what God commended as true faith and how God was pleased about it in verse 6, which also tells us that, you know, we cannot please God without this type of faith. Now, I have a question to you, and I would like you to just take a moment and ponder on this. Even at the end of this session, I'd like you to continue pondering on it until you actually come to uh, a solution about whether you have faith in God or not. And so my question as posed is, do you have faith? Based on every activity that you do, based on every action that you perform in your life, based on everything that you've prayed about, that you've prayed about in the past, that you continue to pray about even today, do you believe that you have faith? Do you believe that the things that you ask for from God can actually come to life? Because, see, I've come to realize that as a people, we seem to pray about things, but not believe that they can actually happen. We seem to ask things and still not believe that they can happen. And that kind of faith is what we call little faith according to scripture. 
in various scriptures you come across Christ and the disciples and Christ keeps repeating his message to the disciples about them having little faith about them always trusting him but when they're faced with challenges they stop believing and they stop trusting him and I think primarily this is what happens even today I feel that you know we haven't really come to having the full faith that Hebrews 11 speaks about and not just Hebrews 11 but when you go to Romans chapter 8 from verse 24 to 25 it also highlights that you know as Christians as a people whatever that we hope for should not be in things that we see because then it is not hope if we see those things our hope should be in the things that we cannot see because then that represents true faith it shows that we actually have faith that things can come to life because faith is definitely the substance of things that we hope for so if we do not have hope then we cannot have faith and if we do not have faith then we cannot have hope and this is the challenge that I think most of us face that we accept putting limitations on the type of faith that we can have that we put so much limitations on what God can do in our lives that you know we don't believe that there are things that we believe that there are things that he cannot do that we've come to accept ourselves as having little faith which is the type of faith that Christ continued over and over again to actually rebuke or rather correct the disciples and tell them that this is not faith that pleases me it's not faith that God can be pleased about and I, I, I came across the scripture as my wife and I were having discussions and we, we were reading the, uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. And the scripture says that, you know, we should have faith as little as a mustard seed. It says whoever has faith, even as little as this mustard seed, uh, will say to this mountain, move, and the mountain will move. And the thing about uh, that scripture is that it could be misinterpreted, but also people could believe that, you know, it's a, it is acceptable to have little faith. But when you read other scriptures, such as in Matthew chapter 8, verse 26, in the scripture about the wind and the waves which now uh, come whilst the, Christian, whilst the disciples are with Christ on a boat and Christ is sleeping and then now the, this wind and this wave is taking over their boat and shaking it up. And then now they are afraid and they go and wake him up and wake him up because of the fear that is in them. You know, and when he wakes up, he says, now, you of little faith, like, could you not be the ones to tell the wind to keep quiet? Once he keeps the wind quiet, Christ does that, obviously. Once Christ keeps the, uh, tells the wind to quiet down, and it quiets down, and now they are in awe, they are amazed by this. And some of them are even saying, who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. But what they did not understand is, based on what Christ said when he woke up about them having little faith, is that if they had proper faith, if they had complete faith, they were the ones who were actually going to be able to tell the storm to calm, and it would calm. Now, going back to the mustard seed, we have adopted a culture of accepting ourselves as having no faith or rather little faith, of us not understanding that this scripture, what it actually says, is that, our faith should be so complete 
that what it produces is as big as the tree that comes from the mustard seed. So the scripture is not saying you should have faith as tiny as the seed. It is saying you should have faith as much as the seed to bring about big things. Because the mustard seed, as tiny as it is, the tree that comes from it is huge. It is so big that when you look at the seed, you will not believe that it comes from it. And that's the kind of faith that God wants us to have. That's the kind of faith that God wants us to represent him with. And without that kind of faith, we cannot please God. Without the faith that actually says, God, I want to move mountains and believe that I can move mountains, you cannot please God. Little faith does not move mountains. Little faith does not heal the sick. Little faith does not quiet storms. See, little faith, what it only does is to put limits on what God can do. And I've recognized over the years that it comes in two ways. It comes with doubts first, or it is filtered. When it comes with doubts, what it does is you see things, you believe them, but when you're faced with challenges, you stop seeing them, you stop believing them. In the book of James chapter 1, in verse 6, uh, the Bible reads that, you know, when you ask from God, you should ask and not doubt. Because once you doubt, you're like a man who looks at himself in the mirror, and once he leaves the mirror, he forgets what he looks like. Imagine you standing by a mirror, being excited about your look, being happy that you look good. And the minute you walk away, you forget what you look like and you lose all the confidence in yourself because you have forgotten what you look like. And that is what we do when we have faith that doubts. We ask for things from God and the minute we have prayed and we leave his presence, we stop focusing on them. We forget what they look like we forget even that we have asked for them. And when we forget that we have asked for them, we stop believing that they can be possible. And now we create a doubt within ourselves to say this cannot happen. What we do is we see, we see, we see until we don't see no more. We believe until we don't believe anymore. And sometimes I understand. Sometimes, you know, you pray about something and then it doesn't happen. And then you feel like, oh, well, I've been praying all along, but things are not happening. So you start creating doubts about any other prayer that you may have. But you see, what scripture continues to tell us in the same book from James, it tells us that, you know, faith produces endurance. So when you have faith, you become all the more patient. And this is what Romans also emphasizes, that, you know, when you hope in things that you cannot see, you develop your patience. You become even more patient when things don't happen when you want them to happen. And sometimes we can be tempted to, you know, cry to Christ. We can be tempted to shout at him. We can be angry at him for the fact that, you know, we've been praying. We believe that we have faith and nothing has happened. And it's painful. It's tiring as well. But 
true faith is represented by our patience once we do not receive things, when we do not receive things. If when we do not receive things, we become impatient to a point that we do not believe that God can do it anymore for us, then we have created some doubt and this will not happen anymore. I tell a story, I used to tell it obviously back then about uh, what had happened at one point when I was in varsity. I think it was in my third year and I was writing an accounting exam and you know I've been practicing all week. I had the confidence that you know I'm gonna get an 80. I was gonna pass, get good grades and you know I was gonna be happy and I was excited about it. I saw it, I saw myself getting an 80. Then I get into the exam room and the first question comes out to be the most difficult question I've ever come up against. And as I look at this question, which is only 5% of the question paper, by the way, I lose all of the confidence that I had. I lose the faith that I had that I could get an 80. And at that very moment, I told myself that I'm going to get a 50 here. That whatever that I'm writing for is for a 50. And guess what? 50 is exactly what I got on the dot. And that is what faith that has doubts does for you. You still believe, but this time you have decreased the scale and the measurement that you used to believe in. You have stopped believing in the highest order. You have started believing in the lower one. You have stopped believing that God can actually get you out of situations and you start seeing yourself failing in them constantly over and over again. You see yourself failing and that kind of faith does not please God as much as we might think, but it is faith. It has limits, so it does not please God. It is incomplete at most. See, when uh, in, in the book of Genesis, when we read about Abraham, we realize that uh, when he and Lot are about to separate and God tells him, uh, pick a place, you know, he says to Abraham that as far as you can see, I will give you that, you know. And Abraham is left now to say, let me exercise my faith. God says as far as I can see, so I can see as far as I want. And that is what God will give me. And that is the promise that we live with even up to this day, that God says to you, as far as you can see. But if you see far, but when you're faced with challenges, you stop seeing as far as you would see, and you start seeing closer. You put limits on God, and your faith comes with doubts, and you stop believing that, you know, I can get to this place, I can get to this point, I can pass like this, or I can get this type of a job. You have already killed the whole purpose of what faith is. And that is not faith that pleases God. That is not the faith that Hebrews 11 speaks about. Then there's the second one, which is filtered faith. This is a representation of what little faith is as well. But the difference with it is that you believe in other things completely and you believe in others and you don't believe in others at all. Yes. One part of you believes completely and the other part of you believes that other things cannot happen. 
So you say God can do this, but he cannot do that. If you are a, an Excel expert or you have some knowledge of Excel, you will learn that the filtering option on Excel allows you to remove what you don't want on your list. So when you create a list and you have 10 things, different names obviously, once you decide that you want to filter out some of them, then you can only be left with maybe four. You can do that. It's possible. And that is what we do as Christians as well. That is what we do as believers. You know, we have faith in God. We trust him. We have confidence in him. We know that he does miracles, great miracles at most. But to an extent, we say, but this he cannot do. We say, I know that God can do this, but this is far beyond, so he cannot do it. You see, in the book of, uh, I, think, I think it's Luke, and uh, the story about Lazarus, what happens there is Lazarus is sick and he's about to die. And his sisters call Christ and tell him that, you know, your friend is about to die. And at that very moment, Christ decides, no, I'm not going to go there. You see, Lazarus dies, and then two days later, Christ comes. And when Christ gets there, Lazarus is dead. What could have gone through Martha's head is, but my brother's dead. There's no way he can rise. There's no way that he can wake up now. But Christ comes and he raises him. But because Martha's faith did not believe that Christ could, could raise him, they started mourning and they went and buried him. Even when Christ, even when they thought that Christ would still come, but they felt his purpose would not be important anymore because when he gets here, he would find him dead. So they didn't believe that he could actually raise him from the dead. And this is common in the Bible. Like, if you go through the Bible, you will realize that so many people believed in God. They believed that he could do things. But they put limitations in terms of what he can do and what he cannot do. In the book of Exodus, we also learn that, you know, the, when the Israelites were leaving Egypt, uh, they were being chased by the Egyptians. And then they come across a sea, and now they have to pass through the sea. And as they are passing through the sea, as they get there, uh, God opens up the sea into two parts, into two halves, and there's this center part, which is completely dry, by the way. It had water 10 seconds ago, but now completely dry, and the disciples can actually pass, I mean, the Israelites can now pass through it. And as they're passing through it, just as they get to the end, the water closes and it closes, and even the Egyptians, and they die in the water. Now, the Israelites start singing, start celebrating that God opened, the, opened up the water into two halves and allowed them to pass. And once they had passed, he closed the water and it killed the Egyptians. They're excited about this. They are happy. They're celebrating. They're worshiping God. But then there comes a challenge where now they don't have water. And the only water that they have access to is water which is salty and undrinkable and now they start mumbling and complaining that they don't have water obviously god comes through for them turns the water 
allows it to be proper clean and now they can drink it. It's drinkable water. But you see, you realize with them that also they believed God when he got them out of the water, out of the sea. And they were happy that he is the God that can do that for them. But they did not believe that he is the God that can clean water for them. And that is the challenge that we have in this very age, in this very day. That we trust God enough, but we don't trust him enough to believe that he can do all things. The word of God says that, you know, whatever we ask in the name of Jesus shall come to pass. And the key word here is whatever we ask. Whatever. He's not saying when you ask some things, I'm going to give them to you and some I won't. No. He is saying whatever you ask, which is everything that you ask for, when you ask for it, I can give it to you. So whatever that you pray about, if your family member is sick, you know, you need to believe that they can get healed. You need to believe that even in the midst of this coronavirus, even when you take the jab or whatever, you know, even when you don't have it, you can still be healed from the virus. To trust God enough, to have enough confidence in his abilities and completely have faith that when God works in your life, he will work in every aspect of your life. I know sometimes you might say, but uh, God can't give me money, man. Trust me, he will give it to you when you ask him. After all, he is the owner of silver and gold. It belongs to him. There are other things, you know, in life that we don't think that God can give us. But I'm telling you today, you know, that God can give you that. Whatever it is, you know, whether you have little experience to get a job, he will give you that job. Whether you don't have the knowledge on how to use a setting system, God will allow you to have the confidence to actually use that system. God will work through you in mysterious ways if you have faith and if you have confidence in him. If you trust him, he will work. If you believe that he can work, he will work. You see, true faith in God is represented by various people in the Bible. And I'm going to highlight a few of them as a closing. And Noah as one of them. Noah... Uh, is known to God as a very righteous person, God trusts him. And he entrusts him with building an ark because he's going to bring the rain. Now, you see, true faith is represented here by Noah believing that there's going to be a storm. And if God says, I must build a boat, I'm going to build it. If he says, I must build an ark, I'm going to build this ark, regardless of its size, I'm going to build it. I might not have the experience to build it, but because God told me to build it, I'm going to build it. And he goes and builds it, and when the storm comes, he is protected because he believed in God, he trusted God, and that is what true faith is. That is what God wants from us. True faith is when Abraham, who knew that he had only his son Isaac, that was given to him by God, who God said through him, you know, he will have a lot of descendants. And now God wants to take him away by saying, sacrifice him. See, true faith 
as Abraham agreeing to go and sacrifice him, even when he knew that he was old to have children anymore. That is true faith. And trusting that God would provide when Isaac asked him, but where is the offering? See, when he goes and says to his son, God will provide, that is him having faith in God. He is not saying, you are the offering. He is saying, God will provide. So it's important that even the things that we speak, even the things that we say, we do not accept things that we don't want. That when we trust God, we have confidence that what we ask for from him, he can make it happen. He can provide in the way that we ask him to provide. And that is what God is asking from us today. So as you go through this message, can you ponder on it and ask yourself, is the faith that I have the type that pleases God? Is it the kind of faith that will move mountains for me? Is it the kind of faith that will allow me to enter into places that they said I wouldn't enter? Or get out of situations that they said I would never get out of? Is it the kind of faith that though you know that they have said that your job is over, that you won't work next month, but you believe that you're going to work next month? Is it that kind of faith? There's a story in the Bible. Uh, okay, now I'm wrapping up. There's a story in the Bible uh, about Jesus Christ turning water into wine. I know a lot of people love this story. And they know it. They know it. Like, we know it. And at the ceremony, they ran, they, they ran out of wine. And then now, Jesus' mother, Mary, goes to Jesus and says, we don't have wine. We have run out of wine. Jesus says, get away from me. But Mary goes and tells the disciples that whatever he says, do it. He gives them drums and says, whatever he says, do it. See, when people look at the scripture and they see Jesus Christ turning water into wine and they focus on that. When the focus point should be the faith that Mary represented, that I've never seen him turn water into wine, but I believe that he can do it. But I trust that because he is God, he will do it. And oftentimes, because we've never seen God do things in our lives, we don't have the confidence that he can do them. But today, I am telling you that just because we haven't seen him do it doesn't mean that he can't do it. Because there is nothing impossible with God. All things are possible with him. So whatever situation that you're going through, whatever circumstance that you're facing today and you feel like God cannot come through for you, I am telling you today, I am reminding you today that God will come through for you, that he will do it. All he requires from you is to have complete faith that does not doubt and that does not filter what he can or cannot do. It's for you to trust him enough to act on things that are not as though that they are. To wake up tomorrow morning and prepare yourself for an interview that you're expecting a week from now. 
to start waking up at 5 a.m. when you know that the job that you applied for will require you to wake up at 5 a.m. To start preparing presentations as though that proposal that you sent is accepted because that is what faith requires of you. That is what God requires of you and that is what pleases him. So today, as you ponder on this message, may it lead you to this type of faith. May it lead you to seeing things that are not as though that they are. May it lead you to have the confidence, to having the confidence that God will bring things into your, into your life that at first, before you had this, you did not believe that he could bring them. But now that you believe that he can bring them, have the confidence that he can bring them, then he will bring them. Then he will do miracles in your life. He will do wonderful things. You will see his true power. You will see how pleased he is with you by the things that he will do for you. Because that is what God does. When he is pleased with his children, he does good things for them. He prospers them. That is what God does. So may you please God in your actions. May whatever you do, please God. Amen. At this moment, I'd like to take this opportunity to just pray over your life and pray for faith on your life. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message. We pray that each and every person who has had it, O oh Lord, has understood it and has received it, Jehovah, with good heart, and that today, O oh Lord, you will start working in their lives. You will renew their strength and their faith in you, Jehovah. They will see what true faith is and what it is not, and they will be able to separate it, God. And every time they feel like they're losing it, God, it will be restored over and over again. In the name of Jesus, God, we believe and we trust in you, Jehovah. Amen. with Joseph M. We hope you had a great time with us and that you enjoyed the sermon. Our prayer is that the word fulfills you, that it increases your faith as well as your desire to serve God. We love you and God loves you. For more messages like this, please subscribe to the podcast and turn on your notifications. Thank you and goodbye.